York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. going on this is jay ellis from nick of time show here giving you that nick's talk just in the nick the shot time and the gunshots is ringing off because the knicks beat the hornets in overtime 134 to 131 mvp of this team jalen brunson gives you 27 points 13 assists and seven rebounds Come on, RJ Barrett gives you two points and eight rebounds. Mitchell Robinson, nine points, eight rebounds, put six blocks in an intimidating force in the paint. Rose gives you 12 points in only 12 minutes. Cam gives you the defense. Obi gives you the threes. The Knicks give you the grit. And the Knicks defeat the Hornets in overtime 134 to you stood the three-point barrage no dennis Smith jr revenge game here no sir read the knicks taking home and we are going to talk all about it but before we talk about it you know what it is i have to induce my guy it's my man the lift the legend the guy with the stats and the facts ryan g's in the building Big big win for the Knicks tonight in OT. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. It is how you do it, Ryan. Ryan, they can't say he's overpaid anymore, Ryan. They can't tell me Jalen Runson is overpaid. This guy is clutch. He is perfect for our team. But I don't want to get into Jalen Brunson right now. I'm, I'm gonna slow walk the door. Let's talk about the coach. Let's talk about the transformation of the team. The pace is something that I can't even believe and I'm seeing. The Hornets are seventh in pace in the NBA so far. And the Knicks were keeping up with them right there, pushing up the ball on the floor, staying disciplined. I'm getting easy basket, not only pushing the ball up, but everybody, five men going up and down the court, committed to this fast pace and they got a lot of easy baskets because of it they got a lot of mismatches they got a lot of rj barrett posting up dennis Smith jr they really played well on the offensive end i we had 69 points in the first half run i can't hear you are you speaking around i can't hear you no, I'm not speaking. I'm, I'm listening at the moment. Okay, okay, okay. I got a little bit of delay. A little bit of delay. But man, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Let me. What do you think about the culture change and the pace and this shit? What do you tell? How do you feel about that? Because I can't. I still can't believe what my eyes are seeing. I can't believe this is the same team for last year. And I don't want to get in my out of myself to talk about playoffs and fifty burger and all mm -hmm. that. But it's just really exciting seeing this type of brand of basketball for this team this early. A modernized offense from the old man who's never supposed to change in Tom Thibodeau. I mean, 
let's keep it real. Like things change when you have a legit point guard running the show for your team. That's first and foremost. So I think the pickup of Jalen Brunson, a point guard that knows how to control the pace, he he can either run, he can either run the offense in half court or he knows how to speed up the pace. So you, that's a major factor in the transformation of the team as well, you know, on the offensive end. And I think this style of play benefits the Knicks because it shows that on offense, the Knicks have transformed. You know, the Knicks aren't just a half-court team anymore. The Knicks can score in a half-court, and now they can also play an up-and-down game and score as well. So this transformation that the offense has had under Thibs this season and with the addition of Jalen Brunson is definitely going to help the Knicks moving forward. And, I mean, it's it's really good right now. It's 3-1. and one. I know we, we don't want to really hop on the 50-burger wagon and all that stuff yet because, you know, it's a long season. But right now, things are looking really good, man. It's really looking high right now. It's looking like a pattern very early and often. It's looking like a well-coached team. You know, when I used to watch basketball, I used to watch, um, I was like the Bulls in the early 2000s. I was jealous, Ryan, of how they were ran. I was jealous because no matter if they made shots or missed shots, they always got good shots. And it felt like even if they were missing, it was a matter of time because they were just so consistent on the offensive end. And that's the sign of a well-run team. When you're able to get good shots nine out of 10 times. And I, my mind is still getting used to watching a team in the Knicks who's consistently getting good shots. Time after time after time after time after time. Like, I can't, Our I think we were like third in that rating or something after this short stint. I'm wondering what our offensive rating is going to be after 20 games if we keep getting shots like this. Um, But granted, it's still too early. We have to, we have to play some other harder teams. But all this is encouraging. And led by the engine of the team in Jalen Brunson, who gives you 27 points. Career high 13 assists, a block, a steal, and stole Dennis Smith Jr.'s moment, Ryan. <laughs> Dennis Smith Jr. thought he was just going to dance up in here and have his little revenge game all willy-lilly. No, that's not happening here today. Jalen Brunson took it to him. <laughs> yeah, man. Um. I mean, to be fair to be, to be fair to Dennis Smith Jr., like, the man has made strides since he's been with the Knicks. He's clearly worked on his game, and he's definitely playing better with more confidence. The Knicks did have trouble holding him on penetration to the yes. basket. And, you know, yeah, all, the offense was great, but we all know the defense was not so great tonight. No. <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't all roses, but... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, Jalen Brunson definitely took it to Dennis Smith Jr. tonight. And I think the Knicks took advantage of a lot of matchups with Dennis Smith Jr. as well. Like you said, you know, with the switching with R.J. Barrett, R.J. Barrett constantly had him in the post, you know, scoring over him. And yeah, I mean, hey, like like we said, the Knicks offense was just on one today. And and that's the reason why they won the game today. But the defense is another story, though. They can't continue to play. They cannot continue to play defense like the way they did tonight. 
and expect things are going to be good for them going forward. We severely miss Quentin Grimes for sure. Um, Evan Fournier and RJ Barrett in that first half and parts of the second half were, as you would say, Ryan, basura on yeah. defense. Horrible. Bad. Back cuts from Gordon Haywood. Um, also, Jalen Brunson had a very difficult time containing Dennis Smith Jr. I kind of foresaw that beginning when in this short stint when he's been here. Jalen Brunson has had a hard time guarding quicker guards. So I already knew it was going to be a speed versus power thing. He took advantage on when it was his turn. And when it was Dennis Smith Jr.'s turn, he took advantage as well. So it's going to be, um, you know, I can't wait for Quentin Grimes to get back in the mix. But I also have to recognize that Cam Reddish came in here and said, no Quentin Grimes? No problem. I got you. And once Cam Reddish got into the mix, started playing defense with the fourth quarter with the, with the second unit, I mean the first unit, things started to tighten up a little bit. Just, just a little bit. Kelly Oubre cooled off a little bit. You know what I mean? So I, I got to get the gunshots out Cam Reddish. Didn't have a huge scoring game, but defense sorely needed today. Yeah, man, and... I definitely want to big up Cam Reddish because, you know, Fournier tonight, he had a terrible defensive game. Like, let's just put it out there. Even though the team was bad defensively, Fournier had a terrible defensive game tonight. And, and then on top of that, he got fouled out the game. But with Cam playing the defense he's playing right now, that gives Dibs options. Because yeah. depending on the matchup, you know, if it's a smaller guard, he can go with quickly or Grimes to guard them. And if it's somebody like Ubre where... You know, Fournier had trouble with Ubre all night. And then when he got fouled out, Dibs, Dibs went in with Cam because Cam had the size to match up with Ubre. And mm-hmm. Cam did a great job shutting down Ubre in the, in the overtime period. So the fact that Cam has stepped up to the plate and has and he's showing that he can actually play defense all consistently, it definitely gives Dibs options for when they take Fournier out the game and depending on matchups, you know, who he brings into the game to, you know, stop whoever is cooking Fournier at the moment. This is how he's going to get in the game because, you know, he doesn't always see at the ball. You know what I noticed something about Cam also, Ryan? Cam, if you watch Cam and IQ, right, both play, Cam has this very cool, calm, collected, slow motion style. IQ always finds the ball. So even in the offensive end, you're like, man, Cam hasn't touched the ball in a while. When you watch IQ, IQ relocates to make himself seen on the offensive end on on the ball to receive those open catch and shoot threes. Cam kind of sticks out in the corner. He's not, he doesn't do a lot of moving. So I'm starting to notice how IQ gets open and gets those threes compared to Cam. And if Cam wants more shots on that side of the ball because he can hit threes, he needs to be able to relocate in study field and work on that part of his game. But even if that part of that part of the game is not clicking, which it really wasn't today, the defense is going to save him and it's going to put him um, over Evan Fournier in certain situations. And you got to be glad about that. So shout out to Cam who did that. Gunshots to Cam. But we're going to talk a lot about a lot more. Before we do that, let's address these super chats. Unless you have something to say, Ryan. 
Now you can go ahead, man. Address the super chats. Let the people be heard. Let the people be heard. Shout out to JT Reddick, who sends a four ninety nine super chat. It says, we got a damn point guard. Yeah. Shout out to my guy. <laughs> Yo, I still can't believe we have a guard who can do the things that Jalen Brunson does. Did you see when Jalen Brunson was cooking and everybody was, everything was held to skelter and he hit a three point shot? Kong Koo collected. Did you see that? Yeah. Brian. Uh-huh. Go ahead. No, no, I was just saying that um, with Jalen Brunson, like, I know this might be a wild comparison because, you know, this guy is pretty much considered a point god. But I but I see similarities with Jalen Brunson when it comes to like to like for example, when you see Chris Paul play, right? Mm. Chris Paul knows when to take over a game. Like we, we, like he knows when his team is struggling, and he's like, okay, you know what, I gotta step up and hit a few shots to get my team back into the game and try to rebuild this lead. And I, and I see the same qualities in Jalen Brunson. Like Jalen Brunson has that like instinct where he knows like, yeah. okay, at the, moment, the team is struggling. Let me up my offense and get, and get the team back into the game and try to rebuild that lead. And yeah, man, like honestly, man, like it's been a long time coming. I can't remember. I can't remember the last time we've had a point guard like this. I don't, I can't either. Not to this level, man. There was another play that impressed me. Jalen Brunson started to get cooking. And the Hornets started to trap him. Hornets trapped Jalen Brunson. Brunson did the right thing. Gives the ball to Julius Randle. Julius Randle misses the, the lefty layup. They trap him again. And the same thing happens. The third time he tra- they trap him, he breaks the trap by himself and passes the ball to Mitch Robinson for the easy layup. I'm like, this is the point God right now, man. My man is <laughs> cooking him. And then then Smith Jr. reads the scouting report says, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna force him right. I'm gonna force him right. No problem. Jalen Brunson goes right, waits a few seconds, goes right back left, right into the middle of the floor to his patented spot with the pill the pull-up midi in his eye over and over and over again. Um I can't, yo. My brain can't handle how good this kid is, man. I can't handle it. I can't handle all this greatness as a point guard. New York deserves this type of point guard. Exactly. We do. It's about damn time. Facts. Oh, man. Salute. Okay, salute to Samir Sariano, who sends a $5 super chat. He says, great game. RJ had an okay game, but then he hit clutch free throws Everyone's playing a role and everyone's sacrificing something. We want Grimes. Yeah. 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 I think that's a good transition. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Samir. Let's talk about RJ Barrett for right now. RJ Barrett is a conundrum. <laughs> RJ Barrett is a conundrum. It feels I feel like he's having problems finishing once again. His shot selection is on and off. It he had he has this thing happening where he's looking like he's having a bad game, and then he'll have like a stretch, like a three or four minute stretch of scoring, and then you look up and he has twenty points. I don't know what to think. Are you worried about him right now? Like, uh. it's funny. I told myself this year when it comes to RJ Barrett. I'm going to be a little bit tougher on him because he got, this is his fourth year. Usually we give these, these players excuses 
that say, oh, you don't get enough minutes. Oh, you need more touches, you need more reps. You've gotten all the minutes, you got all the coaching. It's time to progress and stop making some of these same mistakes. And once again, he's not passing when he when he goes to the rim. Um, I feel like he he slipped on the defensive end today. But you know, he made the clutch free throws, and that's something he's worked on in the summer. I think he's shooting might be close to 90% so far. So in that regard, he stepped up, but Man, RJ is starting to worry me a little bit, um, but he still managed to have an okay game. Well, I'll say this about RJ. I don't really want to jump on RJ too much. You know, it's just the fourth game of the season, so I'm going to give RJ some time. I don't think RJ played that bad tonight, to be honest about it. I think I think he did play within himself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, he, he did, you know, whenever he does drive to the basket, you know, like he's not, he didn't really play make tonight or anything like that, you know, which is something that he does need to improve in. But I felt like he didn't really force up a lot. Like, yeah, he struggled finishing at the rim a little bit, but I feel like he played within himself tonight. Well, his defense wasn't great tonight, but besides that, like RJ has those games where he'll score 20 plus points and you wonder where it came from. You know, and that was another and tonight he had that kind of game because I looked at this I looked at the um the box score. He had twenty two points and I, and I'm just wondering like where those twenty two points came yeah. from because it doesn't seem like he scored twenty two. Like you so I'm not gonna be too hard on RJ. I'm gonna give RJ time, you know. I do see that he's running away from the three point shot. You know, he you know, he did, he did get the he did get the ball a few times in the corner, he just decided to drive to the basket rather than even attempt the three. You know, he's going to definitely have to take more threes in the future and believe in his shot. But overall, I don't have an issue with RJ tonight. The only issue was the defense. But I can pretty much pick out any Nick tonight except for a few players and be like, they play bad on defense tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't really much bad from the Knicks. We shared the ball. Uh, I think we had like 25 or 26 assists. Um, at halftime, uh, by the four, end of the fourth quarter, but it was not a bad to really talk about, just except for the defense, really. But before we, you know what? Let's pause that because I see we have a call coming in from Rikers Island. <laughs> oh, Rikers Island? What? We got jail, we got jailbirds calling? Yeah, <laughs> Lee. Lee's in jail. First oh, caller off of the day, <laughs> we got my man Lee, otherwise Jailing. known as Lee Ryan. Escobedo. What's going I'm on? I'm calling live. Rikers Island, bro. What's going on? A little, uh, Freely. What's I got to a little chaos on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, calling, I'm calling for Rikers Island. I was on my way to the drive through man. I was trying to pick up a 50 burger. You know what I mean? Leave with this 50 burger. This, <laughs> get out yeah, of White Castle, man. Lee. That's the only place he can get 50 burgers. They probably got some crazy deal. You know, they have like five for 50 over there at White Castle, those cheap prices. Let me tell you, man, live direct from the Fed, double curses for my gentrifiers, snitches in the 5 double blessings to my trailer park hood rat, and the orange and blue Knicks family, baby. Let's go for that 50 burger, baby! Oh, Lee. Oh, Lee. <laughs> oh, I'm not with you yet, buddy. I'm not with you with the 50 burger. I'm not going to lie. You got it on board, bro. There's plenty of room on the 50 burger bus, man. Come on, I'm driving. Let's uh, go. I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm not, not there yet. yet. We got to <laughs> play a playoff team first. 
Yeah, <laughs> we got to play a playoff team first, all right? Friday. We got to beat a playoff it's team. Friday. We was in we was in the running with Memphis, and we beat guys who are going to be at the bottom or might end up blowing their team up for Victor in about a, a month or two. So I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until we get to there to talk about 50 burgers. That's just me. <laughs> all right, yo, yo, man. My bailiff is telling me I got 20 seconds left on my call if I have to go back to my cell, bro. But I want to tell y'all I love y'all. Big up to me this time, family. Make sure y'all drop some thumbs up in the chat. Shout out Fritz for always doing the behind the scenes work. Love you guys, man. It's time, so I'll see you next time. All right, cool shout out to right. my guy. <laughs> 50 burger. 50 burger. <laughs> Crazy, man. Oh, oh man. Lee's out of control. <laughs> Yeah, pick up the hood rats. Pick up the hood rats. Yo, you know what I also want to talk about? I want to talk about the importance of Mitchell Robinson, right? Because there was parts of this game where the first unit was in control. And we were flying around on defense. And we actually got to a 10-point lead in that first quarter. But Mitchell... Even though the defense was sometimes shaky in that first quarter, Mitchell Robinson did a lot of cleaning up, whether it was blocks or deterring Dennis Smith Jr. or, or other penetrators from getting to the paint. It wasn't until a couple of things happened in that first quarter. Um, one, the back-to-back uh, transition fouls that led to the free throws. The free free throws, and then the that three off the bat board that was luck that kind of cut into a lead. It cut the game down to five, and then Mitch sits down, and all of that defense and intimidation went away. And because when I'm looking at the Knicks defense, I felt like for the most part it wasn't really maybe an effort thing, but maybe it was like uh, closeouts and being gassed. And I mean, there was a few bad possessions where, you know, back back door plays happen. But I feel like in the first quarter, more specifically, I felt like Mitch really helped our defensive out, our defense out. And by the time the, we got to the fourth quarter, Dennis Smith Jr. just kind of just realized, like, hey, I can do this. Uh, and he just started to go to the middle all the time and, and start to hit the layups. So, I mean, it's interesting the impact that Dennis Smith Jr., not that Mitch Robinson has. He just covers up so much with his length and intimidation to the point where even the guys around him, they don't even worry about over helping as much. They're more worried about closing out to their three-point shooters. And I started to realize that more once Mitch was out the game and it was um, our backup Hartenstein in the game. Not that Hartenstein had a bad game because he he played his, his ass off as usual. But it just made me really appreciate what Mitch Robinson did for this team. Yeah. Remember when I said that you know, you can pretty much pinpoint to a lot of players on the Knicks tonight and say that they played bad defense. Well, Mitch is one of those players where you cannot pinpoint and be like, he played bad defense because no. Mitch is the sole reason why the Hornets did not drop 150 on us tonight. Facts. He's the sole reason why. When Mitch is in the game, it's clear the impact he has on defense. 
it's crazy because so many times the Hornets players got past the Knicks defenders on the perimeter and penetrated into the paint. And Mitch is either sending it back or they're intimidated and they don't, they don't even want to put up a shot in the paint and, and they end up either passing it back out or just passing the ball and just trying to see if they can get around Mitch or whatever the case may be. But Mitch on defense is a beast. Yeah. Plain and simple. And if the Knicks did not have Mitch in the paint tonight, they would have definitely lost the game tonight. Absolutely. Funny enough, highest plus minus, highest plus minus on the team, Mitchell Robinson plus eight, and RJ Barrett also plus eight. So, excuse me, RJ Barrett. All right. But um, I see we have another caller on the line. We have Edson from LI. Edson, let us know what you want to talk about, sir. What's up, guys? What's up, KOT? What's going on, Edson? I want to kind of kind of call it out. It was kind of a dumb win, considering that after the fourth quarter that we weren't able to get any stops. And I kind of was like, that I wasn't. I was. I was in my car watching the game, like on the streaming. I was like just bashing my my fist on the headboard, mm-hmm. like saying, "Get some stops, get some stops." I yeah. was really feeling like pissed, pissed off about that because coming to the next game against the Bucks, you cannot do that. Especially when you're with the with the Hornets that are missing guys, we've been controlling them from for three quarters, and that's not acceptable. You have you have to make those stops. They matter. The, why they matter? Something like like Cam Reddish on overtime, but playing that stuff with with Kelly Oubre and Oubre was just like losing it and getting a tech on that. That's what you need. Yeah, that's what you need. I agree with what, and I agree the fact that you know that. Uh, Mitch carried the defense. Without it, we would have we would have lost that game. Yeah, which is something that that something should not really happen. But we need to be able to close out. It's still early. Okay, I will say more. Knowing what what's going to happen, like you know, between ten, you know, fifteen to twenty games. But overall, it was just like that fourth quarter gave me a little scare. And over time, it's just like. Good. The guys knew knew what they did wrong. They were able to close out, but coming next month, the Bucks game can't allow that. No. Yeah. You need to make stops. That has to be fixed up. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, good call. Yo, we might see more Cam Reddish. Enter Cam Reddish. Like I said before, this might be one of those times where we miss Quentin Grimes, but we had Cam Reddish here to kind of close that gap and. You know, Mitchell Robinson helped us out a lot. Cam Reddish made some big plays, hit the ball off of Kelly Oubre's knee, um, challenged Kelly Oubre to it. He shot an air ball at the end of OT. He really came through with the clutch for us in big moments, and I expect to see Cam maybe get some more time in the fourth quarter versus the Bucks. Um, it's actually funny, too, because I, I did, like, a little pregame show today, and I was talking about how usually – you know, IQ plays against these twos, but I would also said I would not be surprised if I saw Cam play at the end because Kelly Oubre's has such a height, uh, height difference, and you're going to need Cam's length to contend with that, and it did. But, you know, I agree with you, man. Defense is going to be is an issue right now. Defense is definitely an issue right now. Yeah, most definitely, and I can definitely see Cam getting a lot of minutes against the Bucks because the Bucks are a pretty big team. 
they're not a team that plays with small guards. You know, they have guards with size. So I can definitely see Thibs going the cam route to try and, you know, slow down these bigger guards that the um that the Bucks have. Yep. So enter Cam. Cam, take care of your business. I didn't like some of the camp the turnovers Cam had either. Like he dribbled it off his foot one time after he played bad defense. And I and I I was a little, you know, befuddled. But all in all, the defense really made up for it. So shout out to Cam. Yes, sir. Next caller up, Jason M. Jason, what you gotta talk about, sir? What's up, fellas, man? That last caller, man. Damn. I mean, you thought the Knicks lost how mad he was. You <laughs> <laughs> wasn't feeling the call? No, I'm just, uh, I, I look, I get it. It was a very frustrating game. But you know what? It's the NBA. I mean, you're not going to win all these, you're not going to win all these games well. Like, teams play bad. Like, the Nuggets lost to the Utah Jazz. Like, you have bad games. And the fact that we're able to win it is just really big. And, yeah. You're not gonna win every game that you want to win it. Some you're just gonna have to tough it out, and you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so feel I, you. I think it was real big that the Knicks actually won this game. When the Knicks went down by five, I thought it was over. That's true. I was like, they're going to the game, and you know, Brunson stepped up, and man, that guy is good. Brunson is really good, man. I don't got much to say today, but you know, um, I think Cam has that's. That was different for Cam. Like, he, he really played good defense. Like, he basically just played defense and, like, wasn't looking to shoot the ball off. So, it, that was a big step for him to, like, really just focus on playing defense and, and just play for the team. Yeah. You know, remember how Lee said he was a selfish player? And, and Lee was right. I'm not trying to criticize Lee because he was a selfish player. That was, like, the most selfless I've probably ever seen him play. Yeah. I mean, he didn't really touch the ball a lot either, so he had the chance to be selfish. But, <laughs> but at the same time, he did his job on that side of the ball, and you you got to give him credit where credit is due. He did his thing. Yeah, that's all I got. Got you. Salute to you, man. Thanks for calling in, Jason. Yes, sir. Yes. All right, all right, all right. Salute to the chat. Yo, if you want to call in and talk Knicks basketball with your boys, the KOT show, you already know what to do. We call that number at the bottom. It flashes at the bottom every few seconds. It's 319-527-6241. That's 319-527-6241. Also, shout out to our guys at FUBU TV. If you want to watch MSG for free for seven days, all you got to do is go to FUBUTV.com slash KOT. I know sometimes uh, Fritz puts that in the chat as well for seven free days of MSG. Go to uh, fubu.com slash KOT. And um, if you decide to stay there and watch some, some free basketball games, um, and you decide to stay there and actually pay, um, you'll help us out and yourself out by watching this basketball. All right? Cool. All right. Let's go to something else that is interesting. Um, Obi Toppin. This is one of those times where... It's like, man, Randall has a really good game, right? So first of all, shout out to Randall. Big shout out to Randall. Randall had a good game as well. Again, once again, played within himself. Once again, hypes his teammates up. Once again, is a positive. Has 17.6 rebounds, two assists, two steals, one block on the night. Once again, only one turnover for Randall. And he's coming to his own, playing offense. He's played defense. When it came to the starters, 
Ironically, it might have been him and Mitch who played the best defense out of the starters. <laughs> Ironically. And he's turned the corner and he's and the coach is letting him play. And I'm happy that Randall has turned the corner, but then the other side of the ball, you're looking at Obi Toppin. 13 minutes. Two huge threes, man. Hornets daring him to shoot, takes his time, hits two threes at the elbow, gives you nine minutes and two assists. And this this is one of those games where I'm like, man, this is one of the games if if Obi played 25, 30 minutes, he was getting 20. I mean, yeah. It's tough though, because you know, today was definitely a game where OB definitely looked like his shot was working for him tonight. Because you know, usually when OB takes his first three. You know, if he if he didn't like drive to the basket and get a dunk or anything like that or anything that get him into the floor of the game, you know that first three is going to more than likely be a brick. Yeah. But but right off the bat, he was hitting the threes. I think he had like two straight threes, like one right after the other. Mm-hmm. And if Obi's hitting threes like that, you know, like this go, it's going to be a game for him <laughs> if he's hitting threes like that. But the thing is, is that here's the conundrum, you know, because you have two guys at power forward who are capable. But, you know, Julius Randle is the better player at the moment. And even if Obi is going off, if Julius Randle's having a good game, you can't necessarily bench Julius Randle and let Obi go off like that. You know, at the moment, Julius Randle's the better player. At the moment, Julius Randle has the um, seniority or whatever you, you want to call it. So he's going to get that playing time instead of Obi. So it's just one of those games where it's like, you know, Obi's going off. Would you like to see him play more minutes? Yeah, but, you know, him not getting those minutes, is it justifiable? In this case, yes, because Julius Randle was playing well, and it, you, it is what it is, man. Like, you're going to yeah. have days like this where Obi's going to be – Obi's going to have a good game, but since Julius Randle's also having a good game, Obi's not going to get the minutes that he should. Yeah, and congratulations to Ob Toppin and Emmanuel Quickly and Quentin Grimes. They all got their options picked up by the New York Knicks. The hard work is paying off. Uh, so shout out to those guys. But it makes me worried about the future for Ob and those guys. I remember Raw talking about how his representation could possibly ask for a trade. And this games like this, that makes me think like, damn, I can actually, I can see that happening. Like it's gonna be rough to hang on to all our young guys in the future with with the, the roles they have right now. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I'm glad we picked up their option. Great game by Obi. Um, on the flip side though, there is the, there's very limited drop off from the starters to the second unit. And these is, this is like another one of those games where it's like a waiver coming at you. The first unit comes in and punches you in the mouth. The second unit comes in, drops 29 points, um, in the first half. And, it's 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 this is this is probably this is like the most complete team we've had in so long and it's crazy because the east is so deep right now that like i wonder how this team would perform in like another era you know what i mean like this is one of those teams like man if we had this same team three years ago we might be like stirred in the east or something i don't know you know what i mean Ryan? like this team seems like it's stacked and working like a well-oiled machine. It's interesting. 
Yeah, man. Um, the big thing about having a 10-man rotation that's as good as the Knicks have is it's very beneficial because the Knicks don't necessarily have that superstar as of yet. Even though the way Jalen Brunson is playing, he's playing on a star level at the moment. But the Knicks don't necessarily have that superstar yet. So what's the other alternative option to have a good team? A deep team. A team where you're starting five and then you're then your second five, there's not a big drop-off between both units. You know, both units play good, and what and whatever the first unit does, the second unit is able to hold on to that. So that that's going to be major for the Knicks because, I, like I said, at the moment, the Knicks do not have that superstar player. So the fact that they have a deep team, one to ten, that's going to go – that's going to bode well for the Knicks as the season goes on. Funny you say that, Ryan, because I know they say we don't have a superstar player, but I, I've talked about how guys who come from other programs that don't have a role and they get transferred to another team and all of a sudden they blossom. And I always use James Harden as an example of that. James Harden came over from OKC. He was a bench player, came over to Houston Rockets, and all of a sudden he's an all-star and people are considering a top 10 player, top 15 player. I, it's very early to have to make that type of declaration for Jalen Brunson, but it's it's like man, if he is, I'm not saying he'll be a top ten player, but that All Star level friends, I don't know, man. The efficiency is so much off the charts that and he and he plays so much in the moment he hits big shots he makes the correct plays he 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 has his spots on the floor where he's damn near unstoppable it makes you think where how far can he go in his career and it was only against Dennis Smith Jr. today so there's going to be other tougher matchups like it might get rougher when it comes to teams with who are longer like the bucks so this, so when I see teams like that, and we play teams like that, I really want to see what he does. But I don't know, man. Watching Jalen Brunson makes me a little bit delusional Knicks fan a little bit for a second. I want to see what he's gonna do to see if he can, if he can like, if he can rise up to that type of All Star level. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm the only reason I'm not the only reason I'm not calling him a star yet is because. It's just four games into the season, and the Knicks haven't exactly had the toughest schedule so far. Yeah, so I don't want to jump the gun and be like, yeah, you know, Jalen Brunson's a star and this and that. But, I mean, at the moment, he is playing at an all-star level, and if he continues to play like this, sooner or later, you, you may have to label that man a star. So, you know, the Knicks, it, it might be one of those situations where, you know, you sign a player and, you know, when a player is – at another team like he was with, when he was with Dallas, you know, he was playing with Luka Doncic, who's the clear superstar of that team. So he never had that big enough role to where he can like, you know, really, you know, showcase what he can do when he's the leader of that team since there's already a leader there. But yeah, man, at the moment, Brun if Brunson keeps this up, yeah, you're going to have to label that man a star. And, he can, and, then, and then you can say that, the Knicks got a star player on the cheap. They didn't even know they were signing a star when this guy came. He became one. So yeah. hopefully he keeps up. 
Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait till we play these tougher teams, man. I cannot wait. First and foremost, I feel I feel like we're gonna smack the Hawks. I feel like we're gonna smack them up. The Hawks bench ain't nothing. We already saw what what what, what the Hornets bench did to the Hawks bench. I'm ready to smack them up. But I'm really ready to play them. I'm ready to play the Nets. I want to see what Cam does. Cause I feel like they're gonna unleash Cam on um Kevin Durant. I want to see that. I want to see the Bucks. You already know Randall always gets up for these Bucks games. I'm really ready to see that Jalen Brunson, uh, uh, Drew Holiday matchup. That's going to be a rough one because Drew Holiday always gives people's fits. I want to see how he rises to the occasion with these tougher teams because this is really going to tell me something. I'm looking forward to these next five games for sure. Yeah, most definitely, especially the, the Bucks. The Bucks is going to be a challenge. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we, we definitely got to see how Jalen Brunson plays in that game. But again, again, after the Bucks is going to be the Cavs, another team in the East that people expect to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a tough matchup as well. And then, you know, your, your boy Donovan Mitchell is there as well. And also after them is the Hawks where they got that major back put into Jonte Murray and Trey Young. You know, we're going to cook Trey Young. You know, he's going to be barbecue chicken. Oh, yeah, chicken. barbecue chicken. Oh, yeah. He's going to the post. <laughs> I already exactly. know what's gonna happen. Jalen to the post. Barbecue chicken. Double man. kick three. I already know what the game plan is. I don't even gotta watch that game to know the game plan. He's in trouble. And you're not gonna maybe exactly. hide yeah, maybe get hide him yeah. on Evan, but that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Evan's gonna run around the place and make you play defense and shoot three on your head. Exactly. But but yeah, we got some tough matchups coming up. So it's, it'll be very interesting to see how Jalen Brunson plays against those tougher teams in the East. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, next caller up, we got our man Mikey Uno. Mikey, where you from? Yo. What up? Yo, what's good? What's good? Yo, all right. Yo, first of all, before I say anything, I want to say, yo, the last time I called, you guys made a video clip of it where I was talking about Julius Randle, and I, I, yo, I was hyped, yo. Y'all made a video clip of me talking. I was so hyped, son. I was like, yo! I had the whole family watching yeah. this thing, you know. Now, now, I told you, Julius is going to come through for us, right? But, but, but at the same time, though, yo, Julius played 40 minutes today. Brunson played 41, mm-hmm. Robinson 37. I feel like that's a lot for them. I feel like this team is too deep for them to be 40, 37, 41. Right. I mean, honestly, if they played nine minutes, per quarter, right? That's 36, right? Right. So why are they in the 40? Why is 40, 37, 41? Why is Thompson 13? I, I, I like that Reddish got 25. Right. That's dope. That's dope. I think I think Reddish proved himself. He earned his 25. I think Barrett at 39, that's a lot. That's too much. He's 0-5 for three-point shots, bro. I bet it's if if he look, took if we took some minutes off of Barrett and gave it to Reddish, even though he had twenty five, Reddish would have did more with that. I mean, zero and five from three, yo, Barrett got to step it up. Fournier, yeah. we we got to find a trade. Rose, I love him, but you know he was five or seven, but we we still got to find a trade quickly. He's you know I don't know what's happening right now, but I love him. I ain't trying to trade him still just yet. He's uh, so young, right? Uh, right. But still, though, but I'm, still, though, I feel like Randall is doing his thing. Yo, when Randall got that rebound, yeah, and big rebound. Back, 
when we really needed it the most. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I got to call in tonight. I got to call in tonight. <laughs> yo, it, stuff, was, it was one of those things. Talk it was stuff, like, man. yo, I got I I got, I got, to remind them that I was like, Randall is going to do his thing. Yo, Randall, I know, I know you're listening. I know the <laughs> wife and child, y'all all listening right now. Yo, Randall, just remember, Mikey Uno always showed you love. We here for you. We know you the man. Listen, this team is dope. We're going to go far. I just think that 40 minutes, any anything beyond 36 minutes for our starters is a lot when our bench is kind of like... You. Our bench, our bench is what I think the fans love the most. Right, right. But I'm, I'm going to tell you something, though. I'm going to tell you I, something. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going I'm to tell yeah, you yeah. why. I'm going to tell you why. Defense was the problem. Defense was the problem um, for that third and fourth quarter. Um, we Those guys in the Hornets, they had length and they had height. So without Grimes, we're kind of short on that side of the ball. So we had we had to first of all, Fournier find fouled out. We had to put Cam Reddish in on Ubre to to able to guard him. But after that, we can't have um we can't have a IQ guarding Hayward or even have an IQ guard Ubre, which is why you look up and and RJ Barrett has thirty nine minutes because we we really needed that so- the height on the defensive end. It was kind of. We was kind of strapped right there. We didn't have really a choice. All right. So, so, so basically, what we gotta do is we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta run our minutes differently. We gotta set them differently because honestly, I mean, yo, thirty six minutes means you're playing nine minutes a quarter. That leaves three minutes a quarter for the bench, right? And that's that's not even I, a lot. I, I feel- so if if the bench can't do enough, three minutes per quarter. You know what I'm saying? I mean, do something different. Change it up. Switch it up. Where where the bench is three minutes per quarter can be a little more productive is all I'm saying. I, I'm with you for most of the time, but the only thing is this was a thing. This is a situation where it was an overtime game. So coaches have different philosophies where they they want to try to roll with the, the hot hand. All right? They're trying to roll they with the hot hand. The people the who have the flow and it's, it feels a little bit more risky to to put in the bench in that overtime situation sometimes unless somebody gets fouled out so i'm not complaining about it per se i understand it i do per i personally wish that obi was able to get more minutes today because he was getting loose but yeah, at the end OB of the game we, we 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 won the game and so i'm not gonna um i'm not gonna complain too much though but thanks for calling in, Mike Uno, man. And I'm glad your family no, enjoyed I'll your be, call. I'll be calling again. All right, you absolutely. guys have a good night. All right, good night, man. Good night. All right. All right. Shout out to my guy, Mike Uno. He wants to see more of my deep, and I get it, man. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I definitely get it too. And I definitely preached at the beginning of the season that, you know, Dibbs does need to split the minutes more because the way he wants the team to play you know, which is, you know, high intensity on defense and also pick up the pace on offense, you're going to have guys that's going to tire out. So yeah, it makes sense that since you have such a deep team, you know, you spread the minutes out more, you know, nobody should really be playing more than like maybe 27, 28 minutes a game. But at least for this game, I can understand why there's probably lean on the starters more than the bench players, you know, based on matchups and right and the way the starters were playing as well. Right. Like if Grimes was healthy, I can see him sitting rj a little bit more if, if anything but he didn't have that luxury this time all right 
Uh, shout out to Echelon who sends two super chat. He says, Jew played well, almost Randall the game, LOL. Yeah, when Randall, um, when Randall went after the loose ball and went out of bounds after Uber shot the ball, that was kind of a Randall, Randall like play. <laughs> or when, uh, Randall fouled the, when Randall, uh, was complaining about a foul and the Hornets got into a fast break. That was that was I was like, hold on, that's old Randall. We we meditate now. We don't need to do that no more. Yeah. <laughs> but this is what I'm looking for for Randall. Before, like, I like what Randall has done, but I want to see, I want to see a bigger sample side to see if he's fully changed completely. And I already know for me, for people out there, change is linear. Change is linear. Progression is, I mean, change is not linear. Progression is not linear. This usually starts and stops. But what you yeah. want is you want like an upward projection, almost like a stop market where it's like up and down, but it's still angling up. So yeah. Randall might backslide a little bit, but that cannot be the identity for the season. I still want to see him um, see if he can be like a 90, 100, or 80, 20, on the attitude in that regard. And he's shown that so far. He's encouraging teammates. He's hustling on defense. And he hasn't been arguing with the refs that much. And hopefully it stays that way. He he peaked a little bit today, though. But I really yeah. want to see what happens if we get on, like, a a, a losing streak or the, the refs get on him. I want to see what happens if that happens to see if his temperament stays the same. All right. All right. And also another super chat from Echelon that says, can't bring them, make them homegrown made stars. Absolutely. Oh, oh, we have more callers. Big Reaper is up next. Shout out to Big Reaper. Reaper, let us know what you want to talk about, sir. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for take, taking my call. You know, um, I mean, it was, a, you know, it was a good game. Thank God. We, you know, goodness, we got, like, Jalen uh, Brunson. So that was really good. But you know what? Like, uh, he played like I think it was like 19 games without Luca last year, and you know, like a lot of the, the analysis that I did is like, I mean, the dude is just—he's used for real. He was like the engine for that team when Luca was out. They were like heavily dependent on him. Like when he played well, the team played well, and usually he played pretty well right. when Luca was out. So, so he's definitely for real. Uh, in my opinion, I, you know, I don't know if you want to call him an All Star, but he's definitely going to give this team like, like he's going to give it like. 20 and like seven, you know, 20, 20 and seven is kind of all star Clever, 20 and seven with efficient shooting 45, 46% from the field. And he's going to shoot close to 50. Yeah. That's all star. That's numbers. just who he is. Yeah. That's just who he is. He shoots very efficient. You know, he's a very efficient player. He doesn't like, you know, I mean, he just knows how to pick his spots. You know? Right. Like, I just love the way he played this, uh, this late this game. It, it's like he didn't come down and try to take every shot. He just kind of – he did a great job just kind of mixing it in, trying to get everyone else, you know, get everyone else involved to kind of throw off the defense a little bit. And then, then he'll come back and pick a spot and, like, take a shot where he's comfortable uh, taking a shot. And just so it, it was just, like, it was very impressive. But this is who he is. You know, yeah. That's who he is. He, you know, it, it's not going to change. He's not going to shoot below. He's not going to shoot below forty-seven percent. He's just not. I, <laughs> he's I love just it. Not, he's not that kind of player. 
you know, and it's, um, I'm definitely happy that we have them. Uh, the other thing that's like, it's weird. I'm getting this weird vibe. Like, I think either Randall or RJ is going to get traded. <laughs> I just, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's like, possible. It's possible. It just doesn't feel like, yeah, it's like, I, I like the fact that we have three possible playmakers. I mean, that's a really good thing. But it's just like RJ, it's like, this is his fourth year. I know we, you know, we love RJ, you know, like, and I still think he can still be an all-star. And I think he's going to, I hope he gets there. But man, it's year four and the dude cannot finish in the paint. Yeah, and he's, it's like even against like smaller players, you know, like posting up sm- like smaller players that are like six one, six two, and he's six eight, and he still misses it, you know. Yeah, and so he misses a lot of easy bunnies and stuff. So I don't know. I'm just kind of like you know, I'm a little concerned. I'm kind of hoping he just kind of like because they're just missing bunnies. I'm just kind of hoping he just kind of like snaps out of it. Like maybe by the time he's like twenty four, twenty five, yeah, and it's just like that. He just you know. Because I remember actually D Wade, you know, he didn't shoot a great percentage his first couple of years in the league, um, you know, when he was with the Heat. So, uh, but it's not a couple of years; it's four yeah. years right now for RJ. That's the only problem. Yeah, I so think I'm he like, just presses uh, sometimes, but, man. I think he just it'd be. In, I feel like it's. I feel like he just wants it so much that he puts he overthinks certain things, and then because I felt like he was better at posting when he first got into the league than he is right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, 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 I feel like it's. I feel like he'd be in his head, and once he realizes that he's that dude and he doesn't have to overthink things, everything will flow through him. So he's been working so hard. I think he just wants to prove that you know I worked so hard on these things and now I'm doing it, and he just needs to relax mm-hmm. and and let it happen, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. And then it's like, um, you know, like the other thing too is like he's such a great playmaker. He's like he does such a such a good job when he wants to make a place for his teammates and it's like sometimes i just wonder like he just like he should just focus sometimes i feel like he should focus a little more on that like usually when he does that uh he plays pretty well but actually one of the things that his shot was off actually he was definitely pressing a lot this year that first game his shot was really off because he didn't get a lot of open looks that first game versus the grizzlies right and i felt like he kind of started behind the eight ball and then started pressing after that. And he was like, and I wasn't sure why he, he kept doing, kept pressing because the Grizzlies were just like playing really good defense and we weren't getting enough separation where he was getting like wide open three. And so, you know, so that one was weird and it kind of like been cascading a little bit since then. Right. But like, um, I agree. He just, you know, he definitely needs to stop pressing and just focus on yeah. making plays because he's really good at making plays for his teammates. He yeah. Just do that. Yeah, and things yeah. are just gonna open up for him. You know? Yeah, yeah, he, um, he just needs to to get but, to get there though. But thanks for calling in, Reap. I want to get to the other callers. Yeah. All right, cool. Have a good night. I appreciate you. All right, man. Yeah, you know what's funny? All right, he talked about. Right, he talked about maybe one RJ or Randall being traded. I mean, we had Ian Begley over here before, and he talked about the possibilities of Randall being traded if uh, two first rounders were offered, and. You know, Randall keeps us up. Who knows what will happen? But I don't know. When you're looking at when you're looking at Brunson, you definitely look at Brunson going, okay, this is a piece. This is a piece. And it has you thinking, like, man, if we really had an elite wing, 
to pair with Brunson, who can also make some plays, we'll be good to go. And you're hoping that RJ Barrett could turn into that elite wing one day. Yeah. But we're not sure if that'll happen. So I can definitely see a move being made at some point with all these picks we have, maybe maybe moving around or whatever. And then, and, or I don't know, even RJ, because I'm not saying I want to move RJ, but the front office included them in the deals with Donovan Mitchell. So we already know he's not off the table completely, you know? So, I mean, I, it's, it's early to talk about trades, but in the future, I can see something like that possibly coming up again. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty evident that all the players that we have right now are not going to be here later on down the line because if the Knicks are bent on bringing in a superstar player, which seems like that is the case, you have to give up something to get that player here. And then on top of that, yeah, RJ Barrett got his, got his extension, but you have young players coming up where soon the Knicks are going to have to decide what they're going to do with those young players because, you know, you can't sign everybody to a big deal. Yeah. You know, there's going to have to be players. There, there's going to be players that are going to be expendable. So I think depending on the deal is going to depend on who goes. So... I, I really don't expect all the young players to be here in the future. I do expect some to go elsewhere, but I don't think any of them are going to really leave through like free agency. Like I believe yeah. that if the, if I believe the Knicks know that, you know, they, they can't resign this player or they, or like, for example, they, they prioritize resigning this player over this player, then the player that they're not going to resign, they're going to package that player along yeah. with whoever else. Yep. You know, to bring in a player that's going to really help the team. So, yeah, I mean, I think Reaper has a point there. Yeah, it might be similar to some Donovan Mitchell package where it's like some picks, RJ, and the young players who are not playing on playing for somebody or picks RJ Randall for more picks back. I don't know. I don't know. Something like that. I don't know. Or maybe not even that. Maybe Randall for picks and I don't know. I can see something happening, but I don't even want to worry about that right now. We just, we we right now we're three and one, off to a fantastic start. Jalen Brunson is point guarding his ass off, looking like baby CP3 out there, and the Knicks are on the roll, and we're about to head to the Milwaukee Bucks and test. This is gonna be a great test for us to see what we can do against a team in Milwaukee. All right, and we got another caller up. So next caller up is my man. Picks for Timmy. What's going on, Picks? Oh, we outside. Yo. We, we outside. We outside. What's we going outside. on? We outside. <laughs> we outside. Twitter was hating on us for so long, man. Stay. I want to give my man Jalen Brunson no credit, man. They were talking about we overpaid for this, man. No, sir. We got we got ESPN hating on us. They they, they hating on us because we want to give this man a a, a, a ceremony. Go ahead and open up in the garden, and we don't want to invite them to hate on us no more, man. Look, man, we outside. We got a point guard. We outside. Let's go. <laughs> we stay there. We got a point guard. Let's let feel. It's, it's so it's so random. We don't even know how to feel right. I don't. We got a real point guard playing forty one minutes a game. Come on, Tibbs is Tibbing, and it don't even matter. It don't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> For real. For real. Yeah. I'm like, man, go ahead, Tibbs. Go ahead and Tibbs with Jalen Brunson. Because it's not even going to hurt us anymore. Tip it up. You can't even tip today, Tibbs. It's untippable. <laughs> untippable. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yo, man, we man, I'm so happy, man. Brunson is really doing his thing, man. He's showing out right now. I think you really got a star in this kid. I knew he was underrated when he was playing behind Luca. He showed us what he could do in the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, a little bit inside of the playoffs. So I knew it was the leadership factor was what we had a chance to see before he got out. Now we're seeing what that game is really looking like. And then you got the mindset. You can see things like he's doing even without the ball defensively places that he's putting himself because he knows how to work behind with Mitch behind him. Right. Little, uh, like charges that he's taking things that he's doing. This man is smart, you know? And then, um, RJ is getting on. RJ, he's going to be all right. You know, look, let's not panic yet. New York. Let's not panic. Right. RJ generally starts slow. If y'all remember the first summer league that this man, after, after he got drafted, Everybody was like, oh, my gosh, what have we done? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now nah, you're right. man was just looking lost on the court, bro. It was like, we drafted number three. Okay. But, look, wait for after 20 games in, RJ is going to be looking like a monster because it's going to be the exact same shots. It's going to be those corner threes. It's going to be those drives, those, those drives to the lane off of that pick and roll cut. It's going to be all of that. And he's just going to be just killing it. So don't even worry about it. Give that man some time, yo. Um, I'm going to need y'all to go ahead. Uh, Ryan G, my man, you got to go ahead and give up that Canal uh, raffle jersey, bro. It's time, bro. Go ahead and put it up there, man, for KLC, man. We're going to wrap that off, bro. We got that. Killer Cam is outside, man. And it ain't just about <laughs> offense no more, bro. My man said, look, look, y'all only thought I came out here to play offense, man. Let, let me show you with the seven-foot wingspan. Exactly. Exactly. I'm really out here now. Let's <laughs> carry these guys, man. My seven foot wingspan. I'm gonna give Mitchell Robinson a break. I'm gonna let, let let me let me play some perimeter defense out here. <laughs> exactly. Take man, a playoff. My guy, man. My guy Julius, man. I, and I only got two more players. Shout out. Shout out. I'm gonna shout out my guy Julius, and I'm gonna shout out. Um, well, you know, let's let's give Julius his flowers, man. I'm not a part of the Julius B fan club, but, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. And particularly he got credit after the rebound, the putback, and he wouldn't have got credit just for that, but it was a scream after the putback. I was like, Yo, oh, yeah, oh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> the scream. Yo, remember I had a show about that? I had a show specifically said, Randall, all you got to do to give back on the New York Knicks fan side is play defense, and when you dunk, scream, ah, scream at the crowd, yeah. we back on your side. We back on your side. It works every time, though. It worked for John Starks. It worked for the Trail Speedwell. It is copy pasted picture. Per- it's textbook execution on how to get Knicks fans back on your side. That's all. Let's keep doing that. The formula, the formula, Julius. You don't even, you don't even gotta meditate no more, bro. We can go ahead and put the mind space app on the side, bro. All you gotta do is just dunk, screen, play defense. Let's go, bro. Boom, that's it. Um, man, that's it. I guess I, I, I think we cut out. All right. Well, shout out to my guy, picks for Timmy. All right. Good show, guys. I, I feel like I, I took up all everything I ever wanted to talk about on this uh, on the show. Um, shout out to my guy Alexander, those who helped me with the graphics. Also, I saw somebody had COVID. Zentrix uh, said he wanted to call in, but she had COVID. Get well soon, son. Get well soon. 
Take care of yourself. Recover. You come back later, man. It's all right. We're going to be here after every game talking Knicks talk. Yes, so don't worry about it. All right. All right. That is our show. And we will be back. We will be back. We'll be back. Knicks, Bucks on Friday. I might do a pregame show of the Knicks, Bucks. I don't know yet. But uh, look out for that too. I'm trying to like work in some pregame shows where I ask uh, other content creators to come in who follow that team and give their insight on their own team. And we talk back and forth and give our predictions and gives you more insight on who, 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 who is going to be the man on the other side of the team who might give us some, some work that we didn't even think about. And it's funny because the magic game. I was like, I asked one of the, the creators, I was like, yo, who might give us that work on the second on the bench? And he was like, I don't know. Bobo might give you some work. And then Bobo came out here and we dropped 17 on us. So um, a lot of these content creators for the teams, they've been kind of been on point with their analysis of their own team. So I, I'm going to keep that going for sure. <laughs> All right. But that is our show. Ryan G, let them know where they can find you, sir. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G is C H I L L I N. You can also find me at Sir G's Corner. Content will be coming soon. And you can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. All right. I already know you can find us. All right. You can find us. You can find us. You can get the snapbacks at nicktownshow.com slash catio. Get in black and white and blue and orange for your head. Also, follow us at the KLT Show on Twitter, the Nigga Time Show on Instagram, and the Nigga Time Show on Facebook to follow us. And you can listen on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you can listen to, 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 to KLT to podcast. You can find us. All right, so follow us on all those platforms and make sure you join us on Friday's show. All right, that's our show. Good show, Rye, as usual. Sir, as always, as always. And you already know what it is. As always, shout out the worldwide west. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. Mess out here in these Knicks, YouTube, and Twitter streets. That is our show. We out of here. Peace. York, New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams.